Well, I have to say that I'm a little stunned that 2015 is done. Um, but that just means we have another whole new year to look forward to, right? Januarys are a season of goal setting, goal making, starting fresh. Um, new Year's resolutions always get such a bad rap. But there is something powerful in setting goals. Who believes that? I, uh, I casually set a few goals on a little scrap of paper last year. Um, well, not casually, but it was just a little piece of paper. And I wrote down, I, I wrote down a really crazy goal. I said, visit Israel in 2015. I had no, we had no plans to do that. But I made that a goal and it just was nagging away and nagging away and it happened. I made a goal to run a 10K race and I did after recovering from that broken ankle and I, and I won a medallion. I won a bronze medal for that. I did. I, yeah. I finished third in my age category. Thankfully, there were only three of us in my age category. I still got the medal. You got one too, right? Yep. So you just have to pick your races carefully. Right? Um, I made a goal to uh, publish um, a booklet on Kindle, which I did. So, you know, there's something about setting goals that's just really good for us. It's healthy. It's motivating. It's helpful. It's exciting when you achieve those things. I wonder if you've thought about what you'd like to pursue and achieve in 2016. Um, Have you thought about it yet? Um, Success in achieving goals uh, comes from setting good habits. So maybe it's a habit if you want to achieve this goal, you might need to set the habit of saving money or budgeting or exercising or eating differently or reading a good book or a series of good books and so on. There's some good habits that help you achieve your goals. Now, what about spiritually? Are you content with where you're at spiritually? Is your relationship with God, is it growing? Are you further along today than you were last December 27th? Are you gaining understanding about spiritual truth? Do you, or, or maybe you have this same doubts and questions you had last year and you're no further along than you were then. What progress are you making in your spiritual life? At some point every year, I like to introduce a theme verse. And so we're going to turn to our Bibles in a moment. And I'm going to ask um, Ron, if you would, and Dexter, if you would, um, just make Bibles available. There were a stack there somewhere. If you don't have a Bible this morning, just give them a wave and they'll hand one to you. I do encourage you to bring your Bible to church every week. There's not a week that goes by when we don't use it. So uh, if you don't have a Bible of your own, you can buy one of these red ones for a $12 donation. Um, or uh, I can help you choose a, a good Bible for the coming year. But it, every year I like to introduce a theme verse. And as I've been praying about it for 2016, I really felt the Lord lead us to Colossians 2, verse 6, which says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. The key word there is continue. 
I really sense the Lord urging us to continue with him, to keep going, to keep learning, to keep growing, to keep strengthening connection with one another, to, to keep continuing and developing a meaningful relationship with God. So the theme verse this year is Colossians 2, verse 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. And the key word for our year is continue. Continue. We're going to read that verse in the context of Colossians chapter 2. I'd like you to find that in your Bible. Colossians 2, verses 6 through 12. If you're using that red Bible, it's page 737. As you find that, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? Colossians 2, starting at verse 6. Paul writes, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Verse 9, For Christ... For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Verse 11. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature or your flesh. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. We thank the Lord for his word. Let's take a seat together. Verse 7 in there uses um, just a really beautiful image to symbolize what it means to continue. Paul writes in verse 7, let your roots grow down into him. Uh, I don't often jump into Greek grammar because I'm not real good at it, but um, it is helpful here because Paul wrote this in what we, what's called the perfect tense. In other words, a perfect tense is a, it's a tense in the, in the grammar that's used to indicate something that's happened once for all and it's complete. So it's not an ongoing action. It's a, it's a definite, has happened, and can't be changed action. And so really what, what he's... You know, if you're to say a little bit more, kind of digging into a little bit more, it'd be, you know, verse 7 saying, rooted and built up once for all definitively in Christ done. That's what happened by your faith, not by your works, but your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ establishes you in Christ and grants you identity as a child of God. It's a done deal. If you're familiar with the Psalms, maybe this reminds you of Psalm 1 which says that the righteous are like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each season. It gives you that same image. I've got a picture up there on the, on the screen. You know, that, the sense of the roots that are, that are down into the, the soil where, the, where, the, where it's moist and, and water nourishes the tree. See, when you have deep roots, you can withstand the storms of life that will try to push you over. And it'll help you to withstand the droughts that that lead to dry times because we all have dry times 
And we all have storms in life. They do come. They're somewhat relentless sometimes. Some of you had some real stormy things this last year. You're hoping for a little calm this coming year, right? Others of you have sort of been in a, been in a dry season and just, just kind of a drought of the soul. Well, I'll tell you, when you have roots, when you're feeding your roots, you can withstand that. Some of the trees in our, in our valleys have survived the drought. Some have not. The ones with great root systems, guess what? They're, they're going to make it. So, Paul's warning in, in verse 8, not to be taken captive with what he calls empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the devil's forces. What, when he says that the powers, uh, spiritual powers of this world, those, that's the, the enemy's forces. You can resist because you have roots. Or as verse, verse 10 says, you are complete through your union with Christ. You are whole. You're not a partial person. You're, you're not somehow inadequate. You are complete in Christ. So your roots come from your confidence in Jesus' righteousness, not in your own good works. I want you to understand this. Your roots and your spiritual confidence comes because you are confident in the righteousness of Christ, not in your own goodness. Right? I'm saved not because I'm good, but because Christ is good. Right? I'm righteous not because I'm Righteous, but because Christ is righteous and he's given his righteousness to me by my faith in him. So without roots, you'll fall, you'll get blown away, you'll get taken out by clever sounding ideas like humanism or earth worship or atheism or just such a rise right now in kind of a new paganism and a new spirituality. All these things just sound really appealing and really attractive. But like. Um, but if you've got roots, you can withstand those, what Paul calls empty philosophies. But if you're going to be a healthy tree, you need to feed your roots as well. So Paul's saying you've got the roots, you've been rooted and built up in Christ, but we want to keep feeding those roots. We want to continue to follow him or literally continue to walk in him. So I'm going to talk about some ways to do this. First of all, if you haven't trusted Jesus for salvation, that's not even that's not even the first point. That's ground zero. That's the, the point before starting is to say, I trust in Jesus Christ. I don't want to assume that just because you're in church, you are a follower of Jesus, that you've turned to Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. So step zero is to, is to decide to do more than just admire Jesus. But it's to follow Jesus. Now, if I follow someone and, and someone says, hey, come with me, we're going this way. If I'm following do I go my own way or do I go with them? I, I go with them, right? That's what it means to follow. Um, if I just admire someone and they say, hey, let's go this way. I'm like, no, I'll, I'll watch from over here. But if I'm following, it means, uh-oh, I abandon my plans and I go this way. That's what it means to follow Jesus. We go his way. Paul, Paul says, you know, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as Lord or as you received him as Lord, you can't have a Lord of your life and say no. The only, the only way to address your Lord is yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If he's the boss, then we say yes. So 
The step zero is to, to yield your life to Jesus as the one in charge, Savior and leader of your life. All right. Then the first step after salvation, and Paul talks about it here in verses 11 and 12, is, is baptism. Water baptism on confession of faith. Paul gives a brief explanation here in verses 11 and 12, not to convince these people to be baptized, but because they've already been baptized. They believed and were baptized, and now some explanation is coming. I want to be really careful. You, you know, sometimes people say, well, I, I can't get baptized because I don't understand everything about it. Friends, I don't understand everything about it. And I've been at this a long time. He's, he's explaining. Let me read verses 11 and 12. Actually, I think we have those on the screen. He says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. Just hold there. You understand that the, for the Jews, that act of circumcision was the identifying mark of the Jewish people, right? So Paul's just jumping off that imagery. It's a little grotesque and not maybe you feel like, do we really have to talk about that on a Sunday morning? Really? That's what we're talking about? But he's talking about a spiritual procedure of the heart. Okay, next slide. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. That's why when we baptize, we immerse you in the water, Right? And with Him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You believe and then you are baptized. That's what the Bible teaches. And if you've not been baptized, um, teen or older, if you're a follower of Jesus, um, it's essential to feed your roots. Get baptized. Baptism is... Is a lot. You've heard me talk about this before. It's a lot like this wedding ring on my hand, right? Taking this wedding ring off does mean does not mean I'm unmarried. Wearing the ring, isn't, this isn't what makes me married or unmarried. But as a married man, there's no good reason not to wear this ring, right? <laughs> Thank you. So if you've trusted Jesus for salvation, get baptized. Don't put it off. Don't wait for a sign. It's already commanded in Scripture. Don't fall into the devil's trap of self-righteousness. This is self-righteousness. Well, I've got to be good enough to get baptized. Now you're counting on your own righteousness again. Right? Don't, don't somehow think you need to prove yourself or that you need to fully understand it. Get baptized. The only exception would be as if you're debating whether or not you're going to be a follower of Jesus. In which case, wait until you decide if you're going to follow Jesus. Second, feed, to feed your roots, you want to develop some good habits, what we call spiritual disciplines, such as Bible reading, prayer, meditation, and so on. One discipline is fasting. Now, I, I just confess to you, I, I'm not much of a faster, um, but we've got a good little motivation coming up. Starting January 11th, and there's a little insert in your program today as well, Starting January 11th, we're going to join with a bunch of other Fresno churches, Fresno and Clovis churches, for 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, fasting is a frequent biblical practice and usually combined with prayer. But again, not many of us do this a whole lot, I don't think. So you may not even know, well, what is a fast? Well, a fast is that you withhold something from your life, something valuable or important or precious from your life. To stimulate your dependence upon God. Right? Fasting does not make you more holy. does not make you more saved. It's not an attempt to manipulate God. Right? Well, if I fast, then God has to do this. That's not what we're doing. The, the, the fast 
it, as you abstain from something essential to you, it reminds you to pray and teaches you to place your dependence on God. So a fast typically, in the true sense, includes some food abstinence. So a complete fast would be no food, water only. Um, I, you know, don't, don't jump into something like that. Um, if you've got any health concerns at all, you need to make sure you're paying attention to, you know, some good medical advice before you jump into something like that. Um, but if you're basically healthy, there's no reason why you can't do that, except if you were like me, you would just get unbelievably grumpy, um, especially for the first three, four days. A partial fast might be to abstain from maybe one meal a day or, or to cut out caffeine or sugar or chocolate or, or meat or something from your diet that's sort of a regular part of your diet. And you say, for this period, for these 21 days, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not have lunch or I'm not going to have sugar or I'm going to go off caffeine. Some kind of fast. Um, so that's a partial food fast. Other kinds of fasting might be something like a social media fast. You're going to go off Facebook for 21 days. Some, some of us have trouble staying off Facebook for 21 minutes. And so you're saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to go off Facebook for 21 days. Or maybe a fast from watching sports or fast from TV altogether. Last year, I talked to somebody who, who did the fast. They fasted from TV and they found all of a sudden they were reading books and having a great time together. Um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, the, the, the goal is to say, I'm going to cut this out of my life for this short period so I can give attention to my relationship with God. And I would love for you to join the 21 days of prayer and fasting, January 11th to 31st. We'll have another insert in the program next week. Um, And then as you do, pray for our church, pray for, uh, you know, leadership in our church, pray for our city, pray for your neighborhood. We are just crying out for God to bring renewal and revival to our city. And then we have a citywide service combined with other churches on the 31st of January that will be at Fresno Pacific. Uh, in their event center there. So that's fasting. Um, another spiritual discipline is to read and meditate on God's word, the Bible. So if you are a Christian, this is so good. I heard um, Tim Keller from New York say this this week. I was listening to a message. He said, one of the marks of a believer is that they love the word of God. They love the Bible. One of the, he says, one of the ways to know you're really saved is that you like, you like the Bible. You like God's word. And um, I, I agree with that. And so, um, but, you know, sometimes we're scared. We don't know how to read it or it just seems overwhelming. And um, so it really helps to have a plan or a tool to read. And so I'm going to talk to you about a tool that I recommend. You've heard me talk about this before called the R&R Journal. This is not the best way or the only way. This is a way to help you read the Bible in a systematic, consistent manner. I like it. Um, it works for me, and I've found that it works for many others. And so I'm going to suggest, I'm going to put this challenge out, say, why not take on uh, the opportunity to read? Let me explain this really briefly. Um, I've made, I don't know, about 50 or 60 of them available today, if you want. But each, each journal has, um, in the back, has a couple of reading plans. It's got the option. If you say this year, I'm going to read the Bible through cover to cover. I'm going to read the whole thing this year. I've got a plan for you to do that. It's three to four chapters a day. You do that. You'll get through the entire Bible in a year. Now, some of you say, 
uh, I can't do that. Um, you know, you can. It really doesn't take that much time. Um, others of you use something like a, a one-year Bible that has the reading plans already laid out. That's great. Like I say, this is a tool, not the only tool. But there's something really cool if we're all reading the same thing at the same time. If you're saying, I'm not up to reading the whole Bible this year, I also have something called the Fresh Start Plan. And that's going to get you through the whole New Testament and all the Psalms and Proverbs in a year. If you're new to the Bible, this would be a great place to start. You're going to read a chapter or a few, some days, two chapters in a day. And you read that day by day. The key to reading your Bible and to establishing a good Bible reading habit is to find a time that works for you and do it consistently. If you say, I'll do it sometime today, I, I can almost guarantee it's not going to happen. So for me, my, my thing is it has to be in the morning when I get up before I take my shower. By the time, I hit, by the, time the water hits my face, my brain's going and I, I just find it very difficult to settle back down to read. So for me, it has to be first thing in the morning. For others, it's the last thing at night. For others, it's after breakfast. I, you find what works for you and you pick a plan. Then, let's go to the next slide. As you read, here's, the, here's where the journal comes in. The re, here's the reason why I'm a big fan of journaling. It's a bit like going to class and taking notes. If you sit in a really good class, if you go to a really good lecture, right, what do you do? You take notes from what the teacher's teaching because it's, it's valuable. And so the principle here is to say, the Holy Spirit is the best teacher there is. And I trust that he's going to speak and I'm going to take notes on what he's going to say. That's the principle. I'm going to put it in my heart. Plus, when I know I'm going to write something, it helps me pay more attention to what I'm reading. So as I'm reading, I'm watching for a verse or a couple of verses that sort of come off the page that the Lord kind of prompts me to pay a little more attention to. I meant to bring my own journal and share an example with you, and I forgot to do that today. But it might be um, just, just that verse, and I'll, I'll, as, I, as I've read, I write that verse out in full. In the top section, it says, my selected verse for today, and I just write it out in full. In fact, go to that one. So, you can't see it, but that, there I wrote, Psalm 1, verse 3, they are like trees planted uh, along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and um, they prosper in all they do. So, I wrote that out in full. I wrote down what my reading was that day. I wrote that verse out in full. And then, the reason why it's called R&R Journal, it's the read and respond. So, now I'm going to respond to what I've just read. How shall I respond? Shall I meditate? Shall I listen to what the Lord has to say? Shall I write a prayer? Shall I just reflect? The point is, this is not a journal of what you had for breakfast yesterday. This is not a Bible study. This is not a sermon that you're going to preach to someone else. This is a personal time between you and the Lord. This is the Lord speaking to you or you speaking to the Lord. And so there's a line there that says what God is saying to me and my response to God. So it's the read and respond process. So then I just just write a few things down. So in that case, what did this person write in the sample? Uh, I sense God is reminding me of all the good promises ahead for me if I'll just keep my roots down into his word. I believe God is saying it's his plan and desire to produce fruit through my life, leaves that never wither and prosperous in everything. If only I'll remain in him. And then you conclude with a little prayer. The prayer is, Father, I'm amazed at how you love me. Thank you for giving your word to me. Please help me to make your word a priority for my life this year so that I always have something worthwhile to offer those around. I thank you for the many blessings today, including my wife and kids, and my job and my home. Hallelujah. So, 
something like that. If you're on the easy track plan, that's about a 15 minute time to do all that. Piece of cake. But what you're doing is you're feeding your roots. You're strengthening yourself for times of storm. I've shared with some of you of a, of a challenge when we were church planting and we had a, just, just a wild, exciting time. But I, I, I totally burned out church planting. I had no shut off. I had no turn off valve. I never knew how to say no to anything. And I just worked and worked and worked and worked. And I, I burned out badly. And it was the most dry. It was a frightening time in my life. It was dry. It was, it was difficult. Uh, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to answer the phone. I didn't. It was, it was just a very scary time. But you know what? I did my journal every day through that time. It was as dry as you could be. But you know, that is what sustained me. That, that's what just kept me from just losing it altogether. Deepen your roots. Feed your roots. Find a way to do that. Stop making excuses. It's too hard. I'm too busy. I don't understand. I tell you, if you start reading the Bible and you say, I don't understand what I read. Do you understand 5%? 10%? Then go with that. As the biblical principle, as you're faithful with a little bit, you'll be entrusted with more. This isn't the only, can I emphasize this strongly enough? This is not the only way to do this. This is a tool, but it might be better than the nothing that, that some, some of you use now. Some of you have a tool that's been working great for you. Awesome. Keep going. Do it. But do something that gets you into God's word, the Bible. And if you can do this every day, you're better for it. Maybe you're going to say, well, I really don't think I can do that more than once a week or twice a week. I'll tell you, if you do it twice a week and you didn't do it last year, that's a hundred times in the coming year, which is a hundred times more than last year. That's pretty good progress. So get set some realistic goal about it and, and just get started. And uh, the best thing is, if you can get together with a couple others, a few others, and do it once a week as a group, it's even more motivating. It really helps. I'll mention that again in a second. So that's the R&R journal. And I've got a bunch of them free available. And if you already have your own little journal at home and you know what you're doing, I created just a stack of, of the reading plans by itself. If you want just the reading plan, just take one of those on the tables at the two exits as you leave today. Thirdly, if we're talking about... Strengthening our roots, feeding our roots, like so many of you already do. I would say this. Find a place to serve others and to serve with others. So many of you are, are doing that. We've already talked about that this morning, Bethlehem and so on, other ways. But I've seen this over and over. People who serve in the church, but also serve the Lord outside of the church. But those who are actively serving grow. You mature. It prompts your spiritual development. Um, you don't need to be an expert to do something. Um, you know, you're, you, 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 you've got to remember that Jesus chose very ordinary people, men, as his 12 disciples, his 12 apostles. Very ordinary. The Bible says unschooled guys, not experts, not scholars, not professionals, ordinary people like you and me. And so find a place to serve here, whether it's here at church as a greeter or as an usher, helping in children's ministry, helping in music, helping in food service. There's just a ton of ways to do that. But if you do serve anywhere at Bethany or if you'd like to start serving, I'm, I'm strongly urging and asking you to attend team night here. That's in a couple of weeks. Team stands for teach, encourage, appreciate and motivate. We're going to have team night here on January 10th from 4 to 6 p.m. 
and we'll enjoy some yummy snacks and some worship. I'll, I'll lead a little bit of worship and we'll have some teaching. And then we'll have breakout sessions with your respective teams. It's a great time to communicate with your team and do a little bit of training, help each other, check over your schedules and so on. I'm asking you to please make it a priority. Team night, we do this once or twice a year. And uh, it's just meant to really help you and show our appreciation for all that that happens around here. Ministry team night, January 10th, 4 to 6 p.m. I'm not offended if you pull your phone out right now and put that in there with the reminder beep on it. All right? January 10th, team night. Last thing I want to say about feeding your roots is, um, is when you, it happens when you make meaningful connection with other believers. First of all, don't, don't make Sunday attendance optional in your life. Don't say, ah, we're we going to go to church today. I don't know. I'm kind of tired. It was a long week. And just, just don't give yourself the option. Just, just do it. Just do it. Just get to church. Listen, it's just, you always know, oh, I'm glad we went. But Sunday service, let's be honest, is not really a great place to make meaningful connections. You know, there's people down the road from you right now. You haven't talked to them. And if you did, you did that awkward handshake time that we do at the beginning of the service. And um, the poor introverts, that time just kills you, I know. Um, you're like, oh, can this just be over? Um, yeah, that's why some people join the parking lot team or some people join the worship team so they don't have to do that. <clears throat> but us extroverts, we love it. Um, so Sunday morning is not your best time to make meaningful connections. So you're going to need a small group setting to do that. The youth have youth group, Right. Many of you are already in a Sunday connection class or a, a Bible study group. Monday night and Tuesday morning, women's Bible study groups are starting again soon. Um, some of you are on the Sod Squad, meets on Saturdays, um, some home groups. Those are awesome. Those are all awesome connection groups. But if you don't have a group, well, you could find one or you could start one. You can talk to Pastor Stephen over here on the end, and he will help you with that. In fact, in the next couple of weeks, he'll have some material to explain where the groups are. But you want to get into a group where you can actually open up with others, where you can actually kind of get life on life, supporting each other, praying for one another, learning together, serving together, laughing together, eating together. Sunday connection classes are, are pretty good, but sometimes when we sit in rows, it, it, it makes it difficult to really meaningfully connect. There's something about sitting in a circle in a living room that, that's just really, really good. So I encourage you to find a way to do that this year. It helps strengthen your roots. I have a Thursday morning group for men, 6.30 a.m. We take an hour from 6.30 to 7.30. We do our R&R devotions together and we pray together. Guys, you're welcome to join me. I meet in my office. It's 6.30 Thursday mornings. Um, my Thursday evening home group will resume pretty soon. I'm going to lead Financial Peace University on Wednesday nights starting later in January. Um, Stephen, or like I said, our associate pastor, will have a list of options for you next week. Friend, get into a group. Get in with other people. It's, it, find meaningful connections with other people. Spiritual friendships. Um, and maybe, just maybe, if you've been in the same group for decades, it might not hurt to switch it up and try a different group. Get to know some different people. Um, you might really enjoy it. You might not. Some, some groups I've been in were real duds. I'll be honest with you. It doesn't always work really well. Right, Stephen? Sometimes it's like, oh man, I can hardly wait till this group is over. And I'm not coming back. That's okay. Keep trying. You'll find a group. 
that fits for you. And if it's always a problem, the problem might be you. So, listen, friends, if you've trusted Jesus, the promise is you are already rooted and built in him. You are complete in your union with Christ. That's the great promise of the gospel. Your identity is a child of God. So that's already taken care of. If you've trusted Christ, that's already taken care of. So take a deep sigh. Okay, good. I'm a child of God. Now, you talk about a good starting point in life. That's a great place to start. And then from there, how are you going to continue this year? Baptized, if you haven't been baptized, right? Join us for the 21-day fast, prayer and fasting. Get an R&R journal and start reading your Bible and taking a few little notes, right? Find a place to serve. Get in a connection group. Make... Make 2016 the year that you grow in Christ. Make 2016 a year where you, where you look back and say, man, I'm, I'm different today than who I was a year ago because I fed my roots. I encourage you to do that. Let's stand together as we close in prayer. The Apostle Paul wrote, And now, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. If you have not accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, I want to give you that opportunity first. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And uh, as, as we're just giving each other a moment of privacy, I just want to give the opportunity. If you are someone today that you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never made Jesus Lord where you say, I'm, I'm not going to follow my own way, I'm going to follow the Jesus way. You're saying, today I want to start. Today I want to start following Jesus. Anybody like that today, you just raise your hand and look at me and I'll pray with you. We'll pray with you after the service. Okay, yeah. And for the rest of us, the challenge today is, what am I going to do to feed my roots? What am I going to do to feed my roots? Lord, I just, I thank you that you're here with us today. And I thank you that you love us so much. I thank you for the promise of your word that we're made right and we're made complete in Christ by our faith. Not by our works, but by our faith. Not by our effort, but by our faith. It's your grace that, that saves us, God. It's your kindness, God, that drew us and caused us to repent of our sin and turn to you. And now, Lord, you have established us, but we, we want to strengthen our roots so when storm comes or when droughts come, we're not, we're not blown away and we're not shriveled up. But, God, we continue to produce fruit season after season. God, would you, would you make that alive in us today? Would you prompt us and stir in us both desire and action, both desire and action this year. Lord, not out of guilt, not out of condemnation, but out of joy, because we want to follow you. We thank you for your help in this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, church, what a great year. What an exciting year to look forward to. The favor of God is on you, and I just encourage you to walk in that fog day after day. It was foggy this morning, a real fog, but we're talking about the favor of God. I just want you to think this year. This is the year I'm going to walk in the favor of God. So make a connection today over a cup of coffee and enjoy each other's fellowship. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next year.